0: good morning everyone welcome to the medical facilities corporation 2021 first quarter results conference call after management's remarks this call will include a question and answer session whereby qualified equity analysts will be permitted to ask questions before turning the call over to management listeners are reminded that certain statements made in today's call including responses to questions may contain forward-looking statements within the meaning of the safe harbor provisions of Canadian Provincial Security laws. Forward-looking statements involve risk and uncertainties and undue reliance should not be placed on such statements. Certain material factors or assumptions are applied in making forward-looking statements and actual results may differ materially from those expressed or implied in such statements. For additional information about the factors that may cause actual results to differ materially from expectations and about material factors or assumptions applied in making forward-looking statements please consult the mDNA for this quarter the risk factors section of the annual information form and medical facilities other filings with Canadian securities regulated medical facilities does not undertake to update any forward-looking statements such statements speak only as of the date made. Please know that today's call is being broadcast live over the internet and the webcast will be available for replay beginning approximately one hour following the completion of the call. Details of how to access the webcast replay are available in this morning's news release announcing the company's financial results. I would now like to turn the meeting over to Mr. Rob Horror, President and CEO of Medical Facilities. Please go ahead, Mr. Horror.
1: Thank you, Pasha. Good morning and welcome to our first quarter earnings call. Joining me today is David Watson, our Chief Financial Officer. Earlier this morning, we released our first quarter results. Our news release, financial statements, and MD&A may be accessed through our website at www.medicalfacilitiescorp.ca and have also been filed with CEDAR today. Overall, we were pleased with our results for the first quarter. Our total revenue and other income was up 5.8% largely the result of an additional $4.1 in government relief funds received by our facilities. We also benefited from favorable changes in payer and case mix. Perhaps the biggest takeaway for the quarter is that our volumes continue to normalize to pre-COVID levels. If we look at the first quarter of last year, our numbers in both January and February compared favorably to the same months in 2019. However, in the final half of March of last year, our business was impacted by the cessation, of elective cases as the pandemic began to spread across the country. Fast forward to the first quarter of this year, and COVID-19 continued to impact our volumes, particularly in January and February. However, by March, we saw a strong rebound, with volumes up more than 20% over January or February. Importantly, none of our facilities are experiencing restrictions with regards to types of cases. With vaccines continuing to roll out across the country, we are optimistic that our recovery will continue. We're also focused on growth, including organic and inorganic opportunities. Near the end of the first quarter, we announced a 4,600-square-foot expansion project underway at Arkansas Surgical Hospital. This follows the hiring of five new surgeons last year. The expansion will add two new operating rooms, bringing the total to 13 when completed, as well as three new recovery beds. Project is expected to be completed by the end of the year. We remain focused on executing on our ambulatory surgery platform strategy, growing through a mix of de novo and acquisition opportunities. An increasing and aging population are among the key drivers of growth in the U.S. healthcare market, and a disproportionate share of this growth has been in and is expected to continue to be in ambulatory settings. They say market is already a very attractive growth market prior to the pandemic. The pandemic seems to have accelerated the interest in ambulatory care. The space remains fragmented with many small operators, therefore we anticipate more consolidation and de novo growth opportunities. We have a strong balance sheet and are in a good position to evaluate the right growth opportunities as the pandemic subsides, hopefully in the back half of the year. With that, I will now turn the call over to David to discuss our first quarter financial results. David? Thanks Rob, and good morning everyone.
2: I will discuss our first quarter financial performance, then provide an update on our balance sheet and liquidity. But first, I would like to remind everyone that all dollar amounts expressed in today's call are in U.S. dollars, unless stated otherwise. Our facility service revenue for the first quarter was $94 million, which was up 1.3% from the $92.8 million in the first quarter of 2020. The increase was due mainly to favorable changes in case and payer mix. Overall, same-store surgical case volumes were on par with first quarter of last year. While outpatient cases increased by 2.6% and observation cases by 15.4%, inpatient cases were down 15.1%. Total revenue and other income, which includes an additional $4.1 million in government stimulus, was $98.1 million for the quarter. We did not receive any government stimulus funding in first quarter of last year. Operating expenses for the quarter decreased 2.4% to $79.8 million. As a percentage of total revenue and other income, operating expenses decreased to 81.3% from 88.1% in the first quarter of last year. Adjusted EBITDA for the quarter was $25.1 million, or 25.6% of revenue, compared to $18.6 million, or 20%, in the first quarter of last year. In the first quarter of this year, we generated cash available for distribution, totaling 7.9 million Canadian dollars, resulting in a payout ratio of 27.6%. Our balance sheet remains strong. At quarter-end, we had cash and cash equivalents of $58 million and consolidated net working capital of $42.7 million, compared to $45 million at year-end. The outstanding balance on our cre- corporate credit line was $31 million. Inclusive of lease liabilities, as per IFRS 16, our net debt equity stands at 0.51 times. We are well-resourced to capitalize on potential growth opportunities, and our leverage remains significantly lower than our U.S. trading peers. This concludes my financial review for the quarter. For additional detail on our financial results, including specific results for each facility, please refer to our MD&A. With that, we would now like to open the line for questions. Pasha.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, if you would like to ask a question at this time, simply press star followed by the number one on your telephone keypad. We'll pause for just a moment to compile the Q&A roster. Again, that's star one. our first question comes from the line of Injury Lino with National Bank.
3: Hi, uh, good morning. Thanks uh, for taking my question. Uh, first one uh, for me, uh, I, I just wanted to ask, and, and I apologize if I missed it, but uh, overall case volume for the quarter, how uh, does it compare uh, to your more normalized level, let's say, in 2019? And as a second part uh, to this question, the 26% recovery you saw in March versus January and February, how is that trending uh, into April?
2: Yeah, so, hi, Andrew, good morning. Good morning. The uh, case sign is still running below normalized. Um, we're about 8.7 uh, percent below first quarter of 2019.
1: And then the second part of that entry is that uh, the March volume strength is, we see uh, uh, we see some strength continuing into April. So. We'll-
3: uh, uh, great, and uh, on that uh, on that eight percent that is below 2019, uh, th- that I would assume also includes the weather events in Arkansas. Is there any way to normalize for those, or, or is that tough to do?
1: It's tough. You know, part of this, we say, you know, January uh, was really uh, again impacted by COVID. February was, you know, also COVID and weather, uh, but in the middle part of the country uh, there, and of course uh, Arkansas as well. So yeah, it's hard to really normalize for for all of that activity okay
3: uh okay Now, thank you for that uh my second question is more on uh we've talked about this uh postponed cases and, and potentially a backlog building there uh do, right. do you think there is still any sort of a backlog left or uh how do you see to recover if it's still there or do you think these cases are sort of uh permanently postponed let's say
1: well, it's it's very difficult to say. As we said last quarter and continue to say, we're among uh, all of uh, our peers as well. Difficult to predict what that is. We did see, you know, some return of, of cases. Some of that was just you know, earlier in the year. You know, we believe that there will be some additional cases in demand that, uh, hard to tell what that will be, but the back half of the year, uh, we're expecting that have some, the scope of which is hard to determine or predict but we do expect some strengthening from that uh, from that demand and deferred care.
3: Okay, uh, great. One more for me, and I'll, I'll jump in the queue in case there's any other questions. But uh, uh, perhaps more for for David. But the NCI uh, cash flow to the facilities so was a little bit high in the quarter, nine point five. Does it contain any government support uh, there as well, or would the government support go solely to the corporation? No,
2: the government support. You know, the government support is coming into the individual facilities.
3: Okay. So if we're to look at it, I mean, about 50-50 more or less would would be kind of a good a guideline of how much that goes to the corporation, how much of the facilities? Well, you know,
2: stimulus funds come into the facilities to support the operations to the extent the facilities, you know, are then making distributions. At some point, you know, those distributions are, are – made based on ownership percentages so yeah i okay. mean roughly you know 50 okay. 50.
3: okay thank you uh that's it for me for now i'll jump in the queue thanks okay. thank you
0: your next question is from Alana paul stewartson with IA capital markets
4: hi guys congrats on the quarter just calling in for chelsea um just a couple quick ones here. So, in terms of the Black Hills and, and uh, Sioux Falls, there's some really nice revenue growth there with with case mix and, and so forth. Um, how much of that is is sort of the the government stimulus side of it, and how much of it is the is the case case mix?
2: Yeah. So, of the 4.1 million government stimulus, all um, it went uh, primarily to uh, those two facilities with uh, you know a little more than uh, half of that going to to Black Hills
4: okay perfect that's helpful and um, just in terms of the the case mix there that you've been seeing um, is is this something that we can look at as, as sort of continuing to trend in the same direction or, or is, does this tend to be uh, more of a, um, you know, this quarter is maybe, maybe taken, you know, on its own. And how, how do you, how do you see the trends there?
1: Yeah, that's, that's really hard to say. I, I don't think that's a, a, a trend per se. I mean, the impact of course, the, the early part of the quarter uh, sort of set up a uh, a stronger payer or case mix rather. So you saw more of an urgent, uh, uh, you know, higher case mix acuity in that mix for March. You know, the second thing, uh, you know, we also get a little bit benefit of, of payer mix too. You know, a little bit stronger on the commercial than on the than on the Medicare. So both those, you know, sort of set up for for a quarter. Uh, you know, even without the stimulus, was you know on par to the prior a little bit exceeding the prior year. So I don't think that's necessarily a carry forward trend for the rest of the year on, uh, for the first quarter, but.
4: Okay, perfect. Yeah, that's, uh, very helpful. Thank you.
0: Your next question is from the line of Doug Miam with RBC capital markets.
4: Yeah. Good morning. Um, first question has to do with the, a potential loan forgiveness uh I noted that in the m d n a you've taken out the wording of reasonable assurance that the stimulus loans will be forgiven um was that by design or was it just a change like what are the chances that you actually have to pay back those loans today versus you know last quarter
2: yeah, hey doug it's David um you know, I don't think. The likelihood has changed from prior quarter. We're, you know, uh, the facilities have submitted their their application and like uh, you know, most healthcare providers that have done that are just waiting. But um, we don't see if there's any any change in likelihood.
4: Okay, so there's no reason for taking that or changing that wording. Okay, that's good. Um, uh, second thing just has to do with about the opportunities around uh, acquisitions. Uh, are they looking more like ASCs or is there still the potential for a specially surgical hospital? Maybe you can tell us what the um, landscape looks like with respect to the acquisition front
1: today. I'll be happy to. I'll take that on. This is Rob. Yeah, uh, the most of the growth opportunity for us on the pipeline and coming, especially coming out of COVID, is in the ASC uh, space. It is extremely dynamic, as we called out in the script, fractured, you know, uh, the pandemic highlighted that need to have a safe, a separate uh, place to do necessary cases outside the four walls of the acute care setting so a lot of opportunity not only in the existing ASC space, but we've we've mentioned over the over the uh, the year that we expect over the next you know say five to ten years that this space for the ambulatory surgery centers is extremely dynamic, set up for growth, and will likely double over the next ten years. So predominantly, Doug, it's going to be in the ASC space.
4: And no change to multiples or anything that you're seeing right now as we come out of the. Covid situation and you been
1: you can a slight up uptick just yeah a slight uptick in the existing uh, multiple on the acquisition side not appreciably you know we like the de novo opportunities where you're getting in a, a higher return on investment uh so we we see a lot of that development will be in the de novo space uh where you've got a, a better return but but we do um, we do see some opportunities uh, in both acquisitions and and, and the de novo.
4: Excellent. And then, last question, that just has to do with the the dividend slash distribution. Um, you know, given you know your low um, payout ratio right now, have you given any consideration to a moderate increase at some point?
1: You know, Doug, we don't have plans at this point to to raise the dividend. But coming out of COVID, we're going to continue to you know, to evaluate the best method to optimize our our shareholder return. Excellent. Okay, thanks very much. Thank you.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, as a reminder, if you would like to ask a question, please press star followed by the number one on your telephone keypad. Again, that's star one. We do have a follow-up question from the line of Injury Leno with National Bank.
3: Uh, hi, good morning. Uh, thanks for the follow-up. Uh, I was wondering if you guys can talk a little bit about uh, cost inflation uh, and what you're seeing out there, uh, beating labor, beating uh, supplies, and uh, the second part to that, uh, any labor shortages, uh, particularly on the medical staff side of things.
2: You know, Andrew, we you know we saw um, some impact on pricing last year. Uh, it's a little early. You know, this year we haven't really seen. A Any significant change on that front? And on the labor side, no, we are not um, experiencing any labor shortages.
3: Okay. Uh, Great. Thank you. Uh, And uh, one more – well, two more, actually, uh, for me. But uh, on the divestment of that uh, TRST uh, from MFC Nutera, I was wondering, is it possible to quantify what the contribution was in the previous quarter so that we can have an apples-to-apples comparison with this year?
2: Uh give me a second. No, I don't I don't have that at the moment, but we can follow up with you.
3: Okay, uh great, thank you. And then uh what one, one last one. the the Saint Luke's uh ASC, uh how is it trending in the first year uh or is it on this this quarter actually if you compare it to the previous quarter? Have you seen any uptick or or, or uh any improvements there or is any comments?
1: Yeah, our comment is that we, you know, it it opened late due to COVID. Uh, you know, certainly we're pleased to see it uh, to get open and fully functioning and operational. know, in the first quarter we saw mo- month over month sequential growth. So, we're off to a good uh, start there uh, and uh it's it's fully invested and the partnership is is heavily engaged and you know, we're we're pleased with the trajectory right now.
3: Okay, great. Thank you. That that's it for me. Thanks very much.
1: Thank you.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, as a reminder, in order to ask a question, please, press. I do apologize. That was our final question. I would like to hand the call back over for closing remarks.
1: Thank you, Pasha, and thank you to everyone for spending time with us today. We thank our physician partners, nurses, and all staff who deliver outstanding care to patients each day. As always, we look forward to reporting on our progress again next quarter. Thank you.
0: Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. This concludes today's conference call. We ask that you now disconnect your lines.
4: At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more,